Good morning. How lovely to see you all. Are you liking the new pictures that Grace Academy have done? I just thought I'd mention that. They're beautiful, aren't they? They've all been updated. I know that lots of us, we walk around in our world, don't we? And we don't actually notice a lot of stuff. So, um, But they are a real blessing. So that's good. So today's talk is the, about the statement Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So I wanted to talk about light initially. Light floods our lives on a daily basis. In fact, we'd probably be, it'd probably be quite dark if we turn the lights off in here. It presents itself in many forms and it's arguably the most influential force on how we perceive and connect with the world around us. And it's easy to take light for granted. We're going to just have a little look at Genesis chapter 1 because I felt like that was the right place to start. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And the darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning and that was the first day. Amazing, isn't it? Then we drop down to verse 14 in the same chapter and it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and the days and years and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was good. And God made the two lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to the rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning and that was the fourth day. So in nature, we delight in the first ray of the sunrise, unless you're feeling really grumpy. But we, especially when the dark nights come, don't we? I, I, I feel a bit miserable. This glorious spectacle of a sunset, we see lots of photos. The bonfires that we sit around when night falls, the twinkling stars, the beautiful moon. Each day, the sun rises to warm and illuminate and it provides growth on the earth. And the moon and the stars light the night, serving as navigators before we even had smartphones. We reach for the light switch when we enter a dark room and light permeates into every crack and crevice of our lives and beings, whether visible or tangible in regard to warmth. And artificial light is even more prevalent. Every time we turn on our mobile device, 
phones or our laptops, we're bathed in light. Offices and homes and laptops glow with LEDs, don't they? Backlit advertising boards and digital advertising screens compete for our attention. And then the sun sinks below the horizons in just about every town or city or village in the developed world. And there are street lamps and there are shop fronts and car lights that illuminate the darkest night. We not only love light, but we need light. We see best in the light and we have limited sight in the darkness. And daily exposure to light keeps us healthy and the light is already used in a number of therapeutic applications. And since God created the world, light has allowed us to live productive lives. Light has kept the darkness away. Light meets practical needs like providing warmth and a method of cooking and even a measure of security. And as the seasons change, we have access to even more or less natural light. Too little light makes some of us, sometimes we feel a bit depressed or sad and that's suffering with seasonal affective disorder. Most people prefer to feel buoyant and that often relies on getting enough light. How many of you say to your teenage children, would you just open the curtains or open the blinds and let the light in? I know that happens in our race. Even artificial light means it's possible to keep low mood at bay. Before artificial light, our productivity was limited by the number of daylight hours. So fire helped to extend days, as did gaslight. I'm not going to ask if anybody remembers gaslight because I might get into trouble. Don't shake or nod your head. <laughs> so there were gaslights that extended days and now lighting is powered by electricity and it gives us the ability to stay awake longer and come up with new ideas, and we're innovative, and quite literally changes the world at record speed. Lighting depicts, dictates how a space feels. Bright lights um, glaring off clean walls create a clinical atmosphere. Warm white lights make a space feel more welcoming. Colourful lights twinkle on and off that make a space feel more festive. With relatively little effort, we can transform any space and convey a very specific feeling using light. And we use this in our offices, in our homes and in our leisure spaces every day. Bright light intensifies emotions regardless of whether they're negative or positive. And low light helps keep our emotions steady, which means that people tend to make better decisions in lower light. And we find it easier to agree or compromise when negotiating. That's interesting. I wonder if they think about that when they're at the G8 summit or in government. <laughs> low lighting, maybe. Obviously, when the Son, God the Son, came to earth, he took on human frame. 
and he became fully human. This was incredibly limiting. Let me show you. If I was to take this piece of paper and we were to pretend that this was God the Son, right? And then we take this little box and we say that this little box represents human form, okay? Can you see the challenge? To fit this into this is actually really challenging and means a lot of limits. But you're gonna, you know what I've done, don't you? That I've prepared one earlier. And therefore, this is what Jesus had to do. He had to take on lots of limits in order that he could fit into the human form. Does that make sense? So we'll just put our God the Son there and our human form there. We'll keep that in our mind. So... When we look at the limits Jesus had to cope with to become Jesus so that he could demonstrate how to us how to live so that we could be rescued and have a personal relationship with him, with God. And that was so that we didn't need a special priest because that's what happened years ago. So Jesus had a beginning on the earth and that was when he was born of Mary and he lived on the earth for 33 years before being crucified and then his body was laid in the ground for three days and then he rose from the dead three days later he then ascended to heaven and where Jesus now sits at the right hand at the right side of God the father the complex issue is where, where was Jesus when the world was created? Because we've just said that he arrived in physical form in the New Testament. Now, fortunately, God always gives us some hints. So the Trinity is three in one. God the Father, God the Spirit and God the Son, which was Jesus. So all three were in existence from the beginning at the creation of the world. But God the Son, Jesus, hadn't yet taken on the human form. Does that make sense? Are you all with me? Good, okay. So, if we look at the verse in Genesis, God the Spirit it spoke about, was spoken about, he was hovering over the face of the waters. He was present, but a distinct form. God the Father was separate, but distinct from the Spirit. Am I losing you yet? Are you concentrating? Or have you started to think about your dinner and thought, oh, what's she on about? <laughs> So we need to look at John to help us. So if we look at John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him, and without him not anything that was made was made. 
In him was life, and life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the Word. So before he took on human form, Jesus, which was God the Son, was the Word. Have you got it? Yeah? And so, therefore, the Word was present in the beginning. And that's why Jesus is aware of the importance of light. Because he's part of the Trinity that created light initially. And because he knows all the stuff, way more than I've even explained it, about the importance and the validity of light in our lives. And without light, the earth would remain dark and without form. And Jesus always used images that anyone could understand, irrelevant of age or intellect, which I'm very glad about. Jesus said in John chapter 8, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is explaining to the people that he is the one to follow. That just as they use light to help them in their daily lives for every activity, so we are to come to Jesus and ask him for help. We've just talked about how essential light is to our existence, our survival and our well-being. Jesus wants us to understand how important it is to have him in your life. And Jesus relies on each of us to tell one another the benefit of having him in our lives. There's nothing better than a personal recommendation, is there? If you're wanting to know something or other about something, yeah, you can Google it, but it's so much better if somebody says, you want to go here or do this, or try that chap there. They're a really good plumber. They're an excellent electrician. Do this. It's a personal recommendation, isn't it? And so that's why our job is to personally recommend Jesus, which is what Phil's done today. He has personally recommended Jesus as absolutely he is amazing in his life. Because when you ask Jesus into your life, then it means that you are allowing him to bring order into your chaotic life. And exactly how the, it's about the light brings structure to the world. God, the Trinity, created. So there was a chaos in the world, but the light brought structure. Now, you may think, actually, my life is fine and I don't need Jesus. Thank you very much. And, uh, and can I suggest that no matter how successful you are, you will benefit from having Jesus in your life. We've spoken about all the levels that actual light can bring assistance to each of us on so many levels. And that's the same for you when you're inviting Jesus into your life. Boats need navigational light to avoid running ashore, aground or into other vessels at night. Light prevents aimless drifting. 
captains follow channel markers and lighthouses at night. GPS coordinates steer ships, but the captain and the crew still need to navigate by the stars, buoys and lights in case there is an electrical failure. Aircraft are led by lights on the runway as a guide for them. As drivers, we can rely on cat's eyes on the roads. Whenever driving on an unlit road, our speed drops down because, and it becomes really tiring and exhausting because of when you're straining your eyes to see the journey ahead of you, the road ahead of you. Jesus said, I am the light of the world because he knows how important it is for us to come to him as our compass to navigate through every single circumstance and situation. When you consider how difficult it is to navigate life, it doesn't make, doesn't it make sense to have assistance? I think it does. I'll read a map, but I'm really happy when I have a sat nav and I have a postcode. Makes life so much easier, apart from when it goes astray, because it doesn't always get it right, does it? But coming to Jesus with every circumstance means that his light can shine into your circumstance and your situation. And all of us, no matter where we are, and no matter how long we've been on the journey, whether this is a brand new thing that we've never thought of, or whether this is, oh, we might have pockets of darkness that Jesus is saying, I want to shine my light. Phil's life has been totally different without Jesus, would have been totally different without Jesus. My life would have been totally different without Jesus. Would you invite Jesus into your life? I'm going to read a prayer. And whether this is the first time or whether you feel like you might have drifted and you might have a bit of darkness in your heart and perhaps it feels like actually you really need Jesus, the light of the world, to come in once again. We're going to pray. I'm going to read this prayer. And if it's for you, you read it quietly in your heart after me when I pause at the different points. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose again from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. So if you've read, if you've said that prayer today, we have got, um, after the service, we have got a space for people to pray with you. We've got some literature to help you. If this is the first time or if this is the Holy Spirit has given, been giving you a little bit of a prompt. You need to invite Jesus into that darkness because he is the light of the world. Then would you come and speak to us? We would be 
really love to pray with you.